Welcome to Lights in the Sky podcast episode 70, casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. I'm Tono. Yeah, we didn't have to wonder what episode we were up to because uh, 69 is still ringing fresh in our minds and <laughs> our loins. <laughs> well. Well. Um, when I was writing the description, I was thinking, do I, uh, for the last episode, do I pay any homage to the 69? So I... I don't get it. What's the 69 significant So I, I googled 69, <laughs> and there's <laughs> some very graphic did. pictures in there. I thought, actually, I might just leave this out. It's, <laughs> I mean, the podcast is enough in the gutter as it is. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's, we'll, we'll keep this highbrow. <laughs> highbrow. Yeah. Promise? Promise. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> absolutely fucking not um well we're already there yeah with an f-bomb yeah just i thought i'd throw that in just to just to be scandalous um we're recording on a saturday morning so that we can start getting ahead of the curve so we never miss a week ever That's again right. no, miss a week don't miss a wheat don't miss a wheat <laughs> need some more recall <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah saturday morning earlier than we'd like earlier than we usually do i should mm. say um but we have your curtains open. I'm looking out across the neighbourhood. Yeah. It's a beautiful, overcast, cold day out there. Chilly spring morning. Mm-hmm. But some flowers are out. It's beautiful. Um, good week slash overnight since we recorded last night. Uh, yeah. Lots lots happened. Um, watched a movie. What movie? Um, I Love You, Philip Morris. Right? <laughs> Just a real random I have comedy. nothing to bring to the conversation Kind of wanted a Jim Carrey movie I hadn't seen before. Uh-huh. And that was one. You just said before we started recording, you recently watched Ace Ventura Yeah, well. so that was why I wanted to watch Ace Ventura like the night before. So I was kind of on a, um, a Jim Carrey buzz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you seen... Oh, I can't think. I don't know what else he does these days. Not a lot. No. No. <laughs> There's a documentary about and the when he played Andy Kaufman. I have watched that. Yeah, yeah that's good, yeah, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I watched. He really, uh, really got into that character. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, what? Uh, so we're carrying on the series of me presenting your abnormal paranormal series. Abnormally paranormal. Yeah. All right. So we've got another one of them lined up for today. We do. You got a speaking role. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to it as always. Um, before we jump into that, <clears throat> I found a article which um, piqued my interest. Oh, do do share with with our dear listeners and and, and Tom. Um, just quickly, there's a bunch of um, people running for Congress at the moment, or at least at the time of this article. Um, I don't know when when the Congress kind of elections go on, but one of the uh, candidates um, has. An interesting past. Uh, let me just read this paragraph. This is off the Miami Herald. Is this a bit of Herald. a bio, is it, of the, the um, candidate? Yeah, so the article reads, We realise that candidate Rodriguez Aguilera is an unusual candidate. Last year she told the Miami Herald and several Spanish-language media outlets that she believes in extraterrestrials. Ah! She says when she was seven, she was taken aboard a spaceship, and throughout her life she's communicated telepathically with the beings. Which remind her of the concrete Christ in Brazil. So there you have it. Ooh, it's a bit of a... It's, it's you know, it's gone out there on a limb to, to say that. <laughs> I mean, not to sling arrows at other countries, but some crazy people have gotten into power there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Enough said, eh? Yeah. Yep. Oh, 
Very good. So, oh, well, could uh, you know maybe if she gets into power, can sort of open up some uh, some files and share. I, I doubt that she'll be elected, but yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah, you know, all power to her. Uh, and then there's just a myriad of other um, uh, articles, sort of reporting on that article, saying, "Look what they said. Look what they said. She said <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing." Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds crazy, but not not on this podcast. I mean, we've we've covered uh, odd. Um, oddities from all, all over so yeah uh reading on while you were talking sorry i wasn't listening um i just i just filmed some time details. Yeah. there's <laughs> some more juicy some details oh okay yeah um uh years before rodriguez announced her bid to replace replace one of the most influential cuban americans in congress she appeared on spanish language television programs and talked about her alien experience she saw three be- beings Two women and a man, she said. They were tall and full-figured. They spoke to her telepathically. Chunky. (laughs) Chunky, Chunky in the waistline. (laughs) Plus-sized aliens. She saw three beings, two women and a man. They were tall, full-figured. They spoke to her (laughs) telepathically. They took her on board the spaceship, and inside she saw round sheets. I mean, seats. Um, yeah and then it's just people jumping inside she saw evidence of a high fat diet yeah and so uh, they made the mistake the supporters of her uh, made the mistake of saying the words she's not crazy Uh. (laughs) (laughs) which instantly means everyone thinks she's crazy crazy. yeah if you have to say you're not crazy yeah um, the thing about non-crazy people is you don't have to say it no (laughs) because you don't sound like you're crazy (laughs) if you have to say you're crazy or not crazy yeah then yeah, that's, that's it's like a criminal saying I'm innocent, so they get out of jail. Yeah, hawks. Yeah. Oh, well, good for her. Yeah, I mean, and I, I'm fully I like this. It's a you know female candidate, so that's a nice, nice, nice to see that. Um, you know, full figured aliens, love, lovely that, loving that too. So yeah, yeah. no uh, body issues. No, with the exactly. Aliens. Body shaming. Yeah, <laughs> that's very good. Being shaming. Well, um, to continue the extraterrestrial uh, theme of this episode, because this is part. That's its first part of a multiple parted mm-hmm. second part <laughs> hair part. We're on fire hair this part. morning. Yeah, my hair part. <laughs> Haven't done my hair this morning, but you can still see the hair part pretty well. Okay. Um, Orbits, the uh, travel agency site. Yeah. Um, so they've released a sort of a, a series of unusual travel ideas just i guess to get you thinking of something to go off the the beaten track do they involve actual orbiting um i think the name when i was thinking about this the name sounds you know it's it's sort of an appropriate name to be associated with extraterrestrial type Mm -hmm. uh holidays yeah orbits yeah so um what they have done they've they've, they've pulled together a wee short list of some of their um their top ufo tourism sites okay and um, accompanied them with fantastic artwork okay is there like a list of these? Uh, there are. There's a there's a whole list of them. So they're on the Orbits website. So it's uh, if you Shall go, I guess at some of them. Uh, then they're actually they're, they're not. They're off the beaten track. A couple are. There's this one that is very very famous. Area Fifty One. Uh, well, Stonehenge. No. <laughs> okay, I'm nowhere. Roswell. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, and there's one that we've actually covered on here. Okay. And um, they've accompanied them all with beautiful artwork as oh, well. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. For example, uh, here we go. So it says here, uh, that's no moon, a visit from an un 
earthly enemy. Reports emerge of a mysterious moon-like globe appearing in the sky, which bathes Hull in a mysterious blue light. Suddenly, and without warning, it splits into seven fireballs. No traces are left behind. England, 1801. Hmm. So you can go to Hull and um, experience that. No, you can't experience it because it happened in 1801. <laughs> so you can so go to Hull is what you're saying. Experience where it happened. Yeah, okay. Uh, this one is a good one. Uh, you can run, but you can't hide. Uh, the woodlands hide a sinister secret. In Flatwoods, West Virginia. Hang on, hang on. You just said I couldn't hide, but it's hiding something. Uh, you can run, but you can't hide. Okay. The but, woods hide a sinister secret. Okay, the woods can <laughs> yeah, do neither. The woods aren't, yeah. The woods can't run, but they can hide. You can run, but you can't hide. The yeah. woodlands hide a sinister secret. Okay. And I didn't say this, Orbit said this. Hit them up about this. Uh, in Flatwoods, West Virginia, eyewitnesses see a bright object cross the sky and land. They gather a, and a group investigates and encounters a 10-foot mutant who glides towards them, hissing, and they run for their lives. Well, that was Barn Owls, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, nice bit of artwork there. Um, so, the thing, thing is, when a, when a flying saucer lands in a paddock, the exciting bit isn't the paddock. <laughs> So you want to go see the paddock? People will want to go, want see, to go the see the paddock. You want to see the flying um, saucer? Yes. How about this one here? Uh, Attack of the Tentacle Tormentor. Horror from a planet unknown. Uh, in something South African, Pretoria, <laughs> a glowing disc emitting bright green tentacles is spotted by police. A tentacles. helicopter is dispatched and a chase ensues. The mysterious craft makes a vertical ascent and evades capture. South Africa, 1996. So you can go to Pretoria and see where this green testicle club craft was. Um, I like what they've done with the artwork, but I can't understand why it's happened. Because <laughs> it's not like these are exciting places. So to explain to the artwork, it kind of looks like the old drive-in movie style yeah. posters. Um, that kind of pop art type gig that you'd see on the weirdies back in the drive-in They've obviously days. put a bit of effort into this. Mm. I don't understand what they're telling us, though. No. Like, go to Hull. Is that the the messages go to Hull <laughs> and and see where in eighteen oh one they uh, UFO. saw a light in the sky? Yeah, I love I love the effort, but I can't understand it. <laughs> yeah, I it feels like a new intern tried to prove himself mm. <laughs> and had some knowledge of Photoshop Express. Um, and sort of the final one on here spiraling lights haunt scandinavian skies could this be a wormhole to another dimension a spiraling light is spotted in the night sky the light vanishes as what looks to be a wormhole opens up russian authorities claim there is the result of a failed missile test but many doubt this explanation norway and sweden 2009 so that's not even on the ground you no there's no evidence whatsoever. It's just go where two countries saw something spiraling. Yeah, that the government had an explanation for, although that kind of doesn't hold too yeah. much weight. So I'm going to give them like an it's it's, it's, an, it's an A minus for effort in the artwork and what they've done here, mm-hmm. but the execution's not there. Mm, well, yeah, the means to an end. The like why? Because I can't even click on this thing and take me to <laughs> book a holiday to Norway or something. Like, doesn't do anything. Like how do I do this? So you'd have to read that, love it so much that you then go to a different page, type in Hull, and maybe even Wikipedia where that Hull incident happened, 
and then try and find somewhere nearby. So all you can do is it says you can click on a wee eye badge that says um, an eye icon for information. And it says extraterrestrial tourism is brought to you by Orbits. Sightings featured on this campaign can be sourced from, and as a link, list of reported UFO sightings, which take you to a Wikipedia page of UFO oh, sightings. Wow. I mean, and they like, tried. They tried. They tried. But um, I'd love to see the conversion on that. The return on investment with um, hours to put that together versus <laughs> dollars earned. It's got to be. It's got to be questions raised. And it's, it isn't like these have been picked up by any mainstream media. It's just all these crazy ufo sites that pick it up yeah. that I, what I, I look at so yeah yeah oh, that's cool so yeah if, if you're looking for a i guess a different type of holiday you look at orbits and pick one of these but yeah hull <laughs> maybe 2025 we'll take a trip to hull start saving now it's a beautiful thing mm. um uh shall we dive into um your story yes so Let's... you emailed it to me did you <clears throat> Um, I've emailed uh, your 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 part, which is uh, called the secret tape. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, this is the uh, second round of your abnormal paranormal. And well, you want to just explain your, what your yeah, I'm presenting your you're pre- presenting my abnormal paranormal. Yeah. So, so do you want to just kind of touch on what do we mean by abnormal paranormal? So uh, as we discussed in the previous episode, but if you did not hear this um we won't make you go back and listen to it we'll do a a brief recap so um (laughs) that's very kind of us the previous episode we talked about the hopkinsville goblins yes uh which were a series of sort of three feet tall long-armed bug-headed um insect like alien creatures that um terrorized billy ray and uh and (laughs) Lucky Sutton, I think yep. that's the name of the characters, uh, and their fams. Um, the the abnormal Kentucky. part being that they weren't your typical grey aliens. Hey, I just, I could, do you think he's, he was Lucky Sutton because he was in Kentucky? So, Lucky in Kentucky? Do you think that's where that nickname came from? Because he got lucky in Kentucky, had a family? Maybe. Getting lucky in Kentucky? Yeah, that's, that's how maybe he, he, yeah. <laughs> he was, uh, you know, he had his V-plates, <laughs> and then he had his first encounter. Well, not aliens, sexual. And he said, hey, I got lucky in Kentucky. And they're like, love that nickname. You've started that. That's a thing. I'm going to put it on a t-shirt and make Jack Black wear yep. it at the start of School of Rock. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> oh, well, we just Was the School of Rock you were in or the Tenacious D movie? I don't know. Might have been the Tenacious D movie. Anyway, um, we've just figured that out. Yep. Uh, so what what, the, what this is, it's um, the abnormally paranormal. So when we think of aliens, we think of the bug-eyed greys, not, not the other words I said for the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> which listening back to it were, yeah <laughs> should have should have done something about that <laughs> um so th- these are not your typical gray aliens these are the alien entities which kind of don't make sense or just <laughs> are really weird and makes you think okay well these 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 witnesses are credible the other part of the, this is stories with multiple witnesses or credible witnesses or some good trace evidence or or other supporting evidence that shows that something actually happened but it doesn't seem that this is the usual ufo experience um doesn't make any goddamn sense yeah. so there was uh, an encounter with the uh with the aliens uh and yeah they just didn't add up you'd think hmm this doesn't seem to make sense if these are biological entities or or, or other types who's yeah how did these things evolve and where mm. have they come from and yeah i guess we could look odd but to, to different things but anyway so this Speak for yourself yeah thanks <laughs> 
this this week we are covering um, part two of Luke presents Tony's abnormally paranormal, mm-hmm. and uh, another title that I'm going to struggle to say is the Pascalula. Pascalula. Pasca. Pasca. Gula. Pascalula. Pascagula. <laughs> How do you would you say that? Oh, Pascagula. Pascagula. Alien abductions. I'm going to say Pascagula. Pascaglia. Pascaglia? Pascagula is how I will say it. Pascagula alien abductions. And you can apologize to anyone that's offended by that. If you are listening from Pascagula and I have absolutely uh, ravaged that (laughs) pronunciation, I do apologize. Cool. Ravaged isn't probably the right word. um. (laughs) Now that we got that covered. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On the night of October 10, 1973... 15 people witnessed a UFO over New Orleans, Louisiana. Two of the witnesses were policemen. This sighting was only the beginning of what was to occur the following night on the nearby Pascagoula River. Did I change that pronunciation again? No. No, no. you're right. Pascagoula River. Yep. Two fishermen, like Jesus. You changed that pronunciation. (laughs) Fishermen. Fishermen, like Jesus. No, he's a carpenter, wasn't he? Yeah, I think you're getting confused because he broke up the fish with the loaves of bread. Part maybe he was a hobby. Maybe Jesus had. A... Here we go. Now we're going to offend some people. <laughs> maybe it was a hobby. You were going to say hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were shorter back then. Um, Just keep going. Nineteen-year-old Calvin Parker and forty-two-year-old Charles or Chuckles Hickson um, were about to have. An experience that would forever change their lives. Oh my god, they totally made out with each other, didn't they? It's yeah, it's a big age difference there. Apparently, they worked together. So yeah, that's how it happens. Mm. Those long lonely nights in the stockroom. Yep, they go fishing together, and <laughs> then there's uh, all sorts of bait and tackle in different areas. And <laughs> let's just move on. At approximately nine p.m., the men spotted a bluish orb in the sky, two to three miles or three to five kilometers away. At first, the men were merely intrigued by the unusual light show. It would be beautiful, actually. Quite mm, gorgeous. Like an ignis fatus. Yeah. Oh, Tommy. Uh, and when the glowing... Sorry, not when, but when. Still when. <laughs> Stop saying when. Just the glowing egg-shaped... Start with when. When the glowing... But when the glowing egg-shaped object hovered just a few feet above the bayou, approximately 100 feet away from them, their curiosity quickly turn to fear okay so this thing's originally beautiful in the sky looking gorgeous then when said about seven times and this thing turns up right in front of them wow and pause for a drink pause for a drink to lubricate um the pair heard a soft buzzing noise emanating from the object can uh, we have some foley please mm-hmm. oh i like it i'm getting goosies <laughs> shut up <laughs> Um, uh, while the pair sat stunned, a hatch opened at the end of the craft, and three of the strangest beings ever chronicled in the annals of cryptozoology or ufology began to glide just above the water straight towards the men. Hickson described their encounter with what he now believes were robotic creatures from another world. What? Mm. So, um, this is Chuckles, Charlie Hickson, the 42-year-old, 
Um, so he's taken sort of the lead in this description, but Calvin's part will come up. So I imagine he's a bit of kind of guy speaks oh like this. I'm not doing that. Uh, no, you, you I'm don't. I'm doing that. Well, you can play Calvin however you want. Yeah, I will. They were about five feet tall, had bullet-shaped heads without necks, slits for mouths, and where their noses or ears would be, they had thin conical objects sticking out, like carrots from a snowman's head. They had no eyes, gray, wrinkled skin, round feet, and claw-like hands, but they didn't have toes. They had, but they had feet shape. Is this kind of like how they um, paint a 44-gallon drum with a tortoiseshell um, pattern and then put a camera in it and throw it into Antarctica or Maybe. wherever turtles Did I, um I have a picture of the creature, I think, and yep. the top of your thing there is what was described. Um, yeah. It was more or less like a round thing on a leg, if you'd call it a leg. So five feet tall, uh, yeah. bullet-shaped heads without necks. Uh, a slit for a mouth, uh, not an eye, mouth, hmm. uh, and where their noses or ears would be, they had thin con- conical objects sticking out, like carrots from a snowman's head, like when you'd make a nose, I assume. Hmm. Um, so no eyes, grey, wrinkled skin, round feet, and claw-like hands. Um, didn't have toes. Just, <laughs> it's nice to know. <laughs> um, but they had feet shape. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> a good line. Uh so it was more or less like a round thing on a leg, if you'd call it a leg. So some sort of appendage with some sort of circular um, or yeah, smoothed object at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So kind of weird. Not not the uh, not not what you expect to see if you're you know expecting you know the usual grey. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So Hickson Hickson sat frozen on the riverbank as the entities approached. Hickson claimed that one made a buzzing sound which Hickson interpreted as a form of communication between the bizarre robotic droids. Sorry. What on earth was that? Some form of communication. <laughs> what timing. <laughs> uh, so a form of communication between the robotic droids. So not a ding where you got a... You got a Email or something. Yeah. Um, the other two never made a sound. Uh, so, okay. I want their lines. Um, you can, you can again. <laughs> they never made a sound. <laughs> never made a sound. So there's some sort of like buzzing, or that uh, between from one to the other, from the, like maybe the lead droid to the other two hench droids. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other two never made a sound. Two of the unusual beings grabbed Hickson, while the third being snatched Parker, who immediately fainted. From fear. Whoa. By some power he could not see, Hickson floated into the object into a brightly lit room. He floated while a strange eye-like device moved over his entire body as if it was scanning him. Hickson's arm would bleed the next day from where he was grasped by one of the creature's pinches. Wow. So a bit of evidence on his boudet there. Um, after the eye-like device was finished with Hickson, he was left floating in the room alone. He surmised that the beings had probably left to examine Parker. Twenty minutes after the ordeal had begun, it was all over, and Hickson was floated back out of the craft. Back on the riverbank, he could see Parker, who was crying and praying on the ground. 
Eeks, he's, he's not in a good way, mate. Strange. Mm. The strange flying object shot straight up into the night sky and flew away. Uh, at first, the men were afraid to report their experience. However, fighting t- uh, fears of public ridicule, they called Kessler Air Force Base. They were instructed to report their incident to the local sheriff's department, and Hickser and Parker made the long drive to the Mississippi Sheriff's Office. Mm-hmm. All right, now we're getting into the secret tape. Mm-hmm. So, the what's happened now? These guys, freaky experience. Uh, not not really holding it together so well. Calvin, who you're playing, is uh, okay. he's probably he's 19, young, impressionable, struggling a bit more with this. Chuckles, he's bit more used to the world uh obviously not robotic alien droids but hey he's taken this <laughs> he's more in a stride world. yeah yeah he's more used to our world than the world that these things potentially come from but he's taken this more in a stride not very happy about it but um okay yeah so the secret tape sheriff fred diamond interviewed the men who related their story After repeated questioning, Sheriff Diamond left the two men alone in a room that was unknown to Hickson or Parker, rigged with a hidden microphone. Oh, interesting. Sheriff Diamond assumed that if they were lying, that fact would become immediately apparent when the two spoke privately. Instead, they continued to talk about the incident and seemed terribly distressed. The so-called secret tape was held on file and has uh, since earned wider circulation amongst ufo researchers and enthusiasts mm. so we'll get started so you're playing calvin the 19 year old <laughs> so we've got a transcript of that tape from when yep. the two people were in the room together um and not knowing they were being recorded in the hopes that um it comes out that they're both lying that's right so however i suspect it comes out that they weren't lying that's this could be something that uh, backs up their claims. Mm-hmm. Okay, Calvin, take it away. <laughs> um, remember, okay, you, you remember you're going to find a character here. You're not happy. You're 19. You're not a southern. Ha- you're a southerner. You're, you're not. You're not very happy about this. You're, I'm not a southerner. Funnily enough, I'm a 33 year old New Zealand boy. <laughs> <laughs> but this is acting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're I'm... a thespian. <laughs> what did you call me? <laughs> um, okay. I got to get home to get to bed or some nerve pills or see the doctor or something. I can't stand it. I'm about to go half crazy. I'll tell you <laughs> when, we when we're through, I'll get you something to settle you down so you can get some damn sleep. I can't sleep yet like it is. I'm just <laughs> damn near crazy. His voice rising, Calvin said... my damn arms my arms i remember they just froze up and i couldn't move just like i stepped on a damn rattlesnake (laughs) now both men were talking as if to themselves i passed out i expected i never passed out in my whole life i've never seen nothing like that before in my life i don't want to keep sitting here i don't want to see a doctor (laughs) they better wake up and stop believing they better stop believing don't stop you see how that damn door come up right i don't know how it opened son i don't know it just laid up and just like that those some bitches (laughs) just like they they come out i know i can't believe it i I can't make people believe it i pooped right there and i couldn't move (laughs) they were (laughs) 
<laughs> they won't believe it. They, they, they gonna, they're gonna believe it one of these days. It might be too late. I knew all along that they was peoples from other worlds up there. I knew all along. I, I never thought it would happen to me. I gotta go to the house. I'm getting sick. I gotta get out of here. Then Charlie got up and left the room and Calvin was all alone. It's hard to believe. Oh God, it's awful. I know there's a god up there. Oh, well done. That's lovely acting. And yeah. scene. I <laughs> uh, can't believe you pooped. <laughs> yeah, may have been maybe a, a change of the script there, but hey. Change of the underwear. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> hey, uh, ad lib is all good. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, very quickly, details of the alleged abduction began to leak out to the public. Uh, the aerial research... Sorry, that's wrong. The aerial phenomena... Research organization or APRO sent University of California professor James Harder to investigate the story. Uh, Dr. J. Allen Hynek, love this guy. Yeah. Who <laughs> Hynek can. Yeah. Who represented the US Air Force would also research the case. Harder and Hynek did a lot of investigative work together. The two well known researchers first interviewed the two fishermen together. Harder tried to do regressive regressive hypnosis on Hickson, but the abductee was so frightened that the hypnosis was stopped. Soon thereafter, both eyewitnesses took polygraph tests, and they passed with flying colours, though polygraph tests are not necessarily a foolproof answer or that reliable or admissible as evidence these days, but back in those days they were uh, were already viewed as gospel. Uh, The polygraph test results, combined with the information on the secret tape, um, the secret tape does sound like these two got together and filmed it. <laughs> it's a bit uh, weird to have one person talking to themselves at the end. Mm. Like that last line of mine where he says, I know there's a god up there. He's supposedly sitting in the room by himself. Like shaking, trembling. Does that seem weird though? No, I think I think he was really shaken up. I think he's... Yeah, I, I, I think it was just... Do you talk when you're the only one home? Yeah. Not to the cat? Um, yeah. Do you? Yeah. Out loud? Not in your head? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Mm. To God? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think that that's a symptom of him just being, uh, riddled with fear. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, having just pooed himself. (laughs) (laughs) So the polygraph test results combined with the information (laughs) on the secret tape... What are you laughing at now? Uh, just popped into my head. The word was meant to be paralyzed and I said poop. <laughs> uh, and the compelling and unchanging manner in which the victims related their tale convinced Harder and Hynek that the two men were telling the truth. Hynek had this to say regarding the case. There was definitely something here that was not terrestrial. This was the first time I had seen for myself the profoundly disturbing effect of a UFO encounter on two ordinary human beings. It was impossible to be with Chuckles and Calvin or listen to that tape and not believe that something terrifying had happened to them. So I think Heineck, who... Heineck knows his shit. You know, <laughs> he's been round the traps and he started off, as we have talked about, um, major sceptic. Crossed over mm-hmm. to the other side. Yep. Join the believers, and he's interviewed thousands of people about UFO stuff. And if I, I, I trust his judgment, okay. So I speaking to Chuckles, he's speaking to uh, you know young <laughs> Calves. 
Yeah, I think he he knows he knows there's something not quite right there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, in a later hypnotic session, Hickson recovered additional memories of other living beings on the ship. I discovered something that still gives me the chills. There were other people on that damn spaceship, living beings in another compartment. They never came in there where we were, and I'm telling you, they looked almost like us. Only thing I can figure is that they couldn't live in our atmosphere, so they let the robots come out and carry us inside. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's no expert. Right. He's no researcher. He's no doctor. (laughs) He just saw some people. Who look like us. Yeah. Chunky like us. Um, <laughs> in the nearly 40 years since that fateful night, Hickson and Parker's stories have remained the same. In a newspaper interview, Hickson expressed just how devastating the lingering effects of his encounter had been. I wake up every three or four hours, sometimes in a cold sweat. I don't know what is terrifying me, so maybe I am reliving what happened. I know I always have the feeling there's something important that I just can't remember, no matter how hard I try. Axiom <laughs> mm. falling apart towards the end, but yep. that's fine. <laughs> Fell off. <laughs> that's, that's, the last, uh, that's the last quote, so okay, good. it's around there. Um, strangely enough, confirmation that an unusual craft was flying in the area would come eventually in 2001, when retired Navy Chief Petty Officer Mike Cata... Wait, Mike... Cataldo? Mike Cataldo? Cataldo. Cataldo. <laughs> we'll say Cataldo. Mike Cataldo, after 28 years of silence, revealed that he observed a strange airship at dusk on the same night as the Hickson Parker encounter. While Cataldo's report does not necessarily substantiate Hickson and Parker's claims, uh, it does confirm that a third party observer, military men no less, also saw something bizarre that night. Mm. Parker, who was eventually briefly hospitalised for what has been described as an emotional breakdown, is now aged in his 60s uh, and does not talk about this event ever. Mm. Charles Hickson, old Chuckles, well, he passed away in 2011, aged 80. Way to end it on a downer. Yeah. That's <laughs> really interesting. Yeah, it's it's like uh, something off of Doctor Who with the like Cybermen or something like that that just come and look robotically kind of built. There was um, there's been a few Doctor Who references on, on another podcast I was listening to around um, some of these UFOs uh, that people are being abducted into that seem really small on the outside, but get inside it, and it's like mm. the TARDIS, it's like massive inside. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, that's an unusual one as well. Bending space. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. So... This um, this is this I guess second in our in our series. There's a third one to come of mm-hmm. um, some other interesting entities. So these seem like floating robots is sort of what we're seeing. Yeah. Um, again, look kind of weird. Like they they kind of seem like robots that you would see that someone in the 1970s would think yeah, of yeah. futuristic. Yeah. It would almost work well on like an orbit travel poster. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's it's very very true. Yeah. Very, very true. So, yeah, I don't quite know what to make of it. I think I, I think these guys saw something. Um, mm-hmm. They were really shaken up. And then there was groups of witnesses that saw UFOs and strange lights in the sky in the vicinity, both the night prior and the night of. 
yeah. that would substantiate the claims. You've got the secret tape, yeah. the pooping, the defecation, <laughs> yeah. um, the hypnosis session, which they couldn't quite complete at first because they were just too terrified. Mm-hmm. Um, Parker, he's in hospital because mm-hmm. he's... Yeah. Beaten up. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's had a nervous breakdown and yep. they never tried to really sort of make money or other stuff on other stuff. They may In be, fact, they shut down. I think Hickson may have eventually written a book with somebody about mm-hmm. it. Um, I think it's, that was one part. But yeah, uh, but Parker, though, was not, nah, didn't want any part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that kind of backs it up. Polygraph result, I don't really have a lot of credit or... Mm-hmm. But I guess they passed it, yeah. whatever that means. Um, I mean, if you'd failed, it would raise alarm bells. Yes, it would. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for me, ultimately, if Heineck was convinced, that says a lot. Because yeah. I think um, he had a very high standard, um, even though he did you know, throw out swamp gas at one point yeah. as an explanation. Yeah. But that was when he was trying to at all uh, to debunk at all costs. Yeah. Um, by, the t- by the later years, by the 70s, uh, I guess when he was... Blue Book was gone and he was... Um, more sort of i guess thinking of uh irrational explanations that uh made sense swamp gas didn't factor into things but uh yeah. you'd think of this this has to be something happened to him he realized the error of his ways yeah he did yeah. he turned a corner yeah um was, yeah and he could admit when he was wrong good for him excellent so um yeah anything else to add or should we leave that one there um i think we'll leave that one there great right. acting <laughs> thank you very much yeah um, I have a little bit of a thing to add in here just before we do the final segment. Okay. Um, when I was driving in, I uh, sent out a tweet saying we're about to record next week's episode. Does anyone want a shout out or um, a plug? Um, <clears throat> given that we're in New Zealand on a Saturday morning. Yes. <clears throat> a lot of our listeners are asleep. So I got two replies in the, <laughs> in the short time we've been recording. Um one from someone who I know is an insomniac, and one from someone in Auckland. <laughs> um, so, um, first one, uh, Doom of Nerd Blitz said, tell everyone to listen to Nerd Blitz Pod and buy the camping trip at tsdjaproductions.bandcamp.com. Give that URL again. tsdjaproductions.bandcamp.com. Beautiful. Love camping trips. <laughs> um, and the other one was from our, our hacker alerter. Oh, good. Um, zero, 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 anti-hero. Um, not a question, but wondered if we would have any more of the Mad Lads tales we could uh, tack in. Can you think of anything Mad Lads that you've done? Let's have a, let's have a think about it and um, <clears throat> might have to come back next week. Mm. Um, yeah, it's not one that you can just kind of pull out, right? Um, no. Yeah, whatever, whatever we think. Yeah, um, we'll bring a mad lad for next week, <laughs> and if we haven't done one by then, we'll send Tony to the dairy to do something. Yeah, I'll, I'll go bottomless to the dairy or something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, request will be fulfilled. Uh, should we move to the final final segment? segment? So while I'm doing the the main body of the story for the, the three weeks in a row, you're you're, you're stranging it up. Yeah. Um, so this is the final segment. Uh, where we take the 1982 Reader's Digest version of Mysteries of the Unexplained. I'll flick to a random page and we'll read one of the stories from uh, which we land. Um, and this is the segment called Get Me Some Strange. Uh, tunes? Done. And flicking. Stop. 
All right. If we, can, some... if we can end this in a UFO section, that would be the trifecta. Not more than trifecta. Quad? Oh, you're going to love this then. What? UFOs? We're there. Ah. You can see definite... Oh, I can see a UFO on that page. It's got to be, right? I can't find the title page, but there's no other explanation for these sources on the page. So I've had the... uh, Unidentified flying objects. We've had the political tale, we've had the travel, we've had uh, Pascalula, and uh, we're going to wrap it up with uh, Strange, also in the UFO realm. A road near Gdansk, formerly Danzig, Poland, was the scene of a startling encounter with a UFO on September 5th, 1980. At about 3.30am, an ambulance with Dr. Barbara Piazza, a driver and a stretcher bearer on board, was rushing Miss, Mrs. Elzbetia Pluta. Well done, I could even <laughs> say cat dildo, so. <laughs> who was in labour to the local hospital. Suddenly, Dr. Piazza noticed a big red ball in the sky. She asked what it might be, and they all joked about it being a UFO. <laughs> Okay, you've used the words UFO in the wrong context. Because it is a UFO, because they don't know what it is. What they mean is they joked about it being an alien. Yes. The ball grew larger until it was about the size of the moon. (gasps) Hull? Which was then visible. Soon the UFO was uh, was at the level of the treetops and some 650 feet away. The driver accelerated, but the object, as the doctor said, was under intelligent control. We just could not lose it. It was racing after us. The red ball suddenly appeared about 200 yards ahead of the ambulance and blocked the way. Its edges overlapping the 19 foot wide roadway by half a yard on each side. They give you a good idea of the size. Everyone saw the curved bands on the surface, the irregular black lines going up and down in each direction and the yellow-orange patches on the crimson exterior. Two guards at the nearby railroad crossing were also looking at the UFO. Mrs. Pluta's contractions were now coming in short intervals. The doctor radioed the police, reporting a UFO blocking the way. (laughs) It's like, tow it away. It's blocking the road. In desperation, she told the driver to flash his headlights. He flashed them twice. (laughs) Then at one moment, they saw the UFO right in front of them, and the next moment it vanished like like a TV set when switched off. Oh, lots of other things at the moment. Everything that turns off. (laughs) The ambulance reached the hospital ten minutes later and Miss Pluta gave birth to a healthy six-pound girl. Happy ending. (laughs) (laughs) So there's the happy ending we didn't get from the other story. Yeah, exactly. Um, Anything else to add? Uh, I think we've done well. We've got a real theme for this episode. (laughs) Perfect. Right through to Strange. And I'm I'm glad we have ended with, you know, uh, ended on a smile. So that baby high note how old would that baby be then that baby was september 5th 1980 so so we just would have just turned the 38 yeah hmm. nice could be a listener to this podcast yeah it could be um on that note we'll call that another episode of lights in the sky podcast job done join us next week toodaloo